Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, August 4th, 2017. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are at page 79, reading paragraphs 2 and 3, beginning with usually, however, people are other people are involved in ending at the bottom of the page which has long since been adjusted. Today's readers are Tala Kay for the 12 Steps, Matt M for the 12 Traditions, Kathy Jopi, Stephanie L, and Sherry KB. The reference number for yesterday's meeting, August 3rd, Thursday at 10 a.m. is 10236. And the meeting for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting for Friday, August 4th, is 10238. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer, our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tala Kay to read the 12 steps. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes. Good morning. This is Tala Kay from Boston, recovered, compulsive overeater, grateful by the grace of God. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all our defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcohol to food addicts and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Talakay. I will now ask Matt M. to read the 12 traditions. Can you hear me, Willie? Yes, I can, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Here are the, here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Foster recovery depends upon all unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is the one ultimate authority, a loving God, is to be expressed himself on a group conscience. Our leaders are our trusted servants who do not govern. Three, the only requirement for only membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has the one primary purpose to make its message to the compulsive overeaters who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, plus problems of money, property, prestige, diverse from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, ovaries anonymous should remain forever not professional, but our service centers may employ social workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards and committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Ovaries Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name will never be drawn to public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Every monument to face principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, madam. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 79, reading the second and third paragraphs, beginning with usually however people, other people are involved and ending at the bottom of the page with has long since been adjusted. I will ask Kathy Chilke to begin reading. Kathy Joe, I want to unmute please. Kathy Joe, we don't hear you. Wondering if Stephanie L. might be able to jump in. Let me check if I'm being heard. <laughs> you are being heard. Okay, great. You are being heard. This is Stephanie L. Can you just tell me what those pages were again? I was just Thank you very back much. In. Thank sure. you very much, Stephanie. You're on page 79. You're reading the second and third paragraphs, please, commenting on both paragraphs. 
You're going to start with usually, however, and read through the bottom of the page. All righty. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Stephanie L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. Um, usually, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we are not to be hasty, be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. A man we know had remarried. Because of resentment and drinking, he had not paid alimony to his first wife. She was furious. She went to court and got an order for his arrest. He had commenced our way of life, had secured a position, and was getting his head above water. It would have been impressive heroics if he had walked up to the judge and said, here I am. We thought he ought to be willing to do that if necessary, but if he were in jail, he could provide nothing for either family. We suggested he write his first wife admitting his faults and asking forgiveness. He did and also sent a small amount of money. He told her what he would try to do in the future. He said he was perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. Of course, she did not, and the whole situation has long since been adjusted. And, you know, as I'm reading this, it just reminds me that, you know, what it says we read a couple days ago on page 76, that we would go to any length for victory over alcohol. And this is such a perfect example of that. You know, um, no matter how scared I am of making that amends, and that has been my experience, I've got to move forward and make it anyways. And, um, you know, I think I shared about this last week about the scariest event that I've ever had to make was the amends to my ex-husband. And, um, you know, my sponsor reminded me over and over again that, um, you know, I had made that decision to go to any length. And, you know, if I'm not willing to make this amends that, you know, the food is waiting for me. It's doing push-ups. It's on the other side. Um, and it's just waiting um, to get back in. But then the second paragraph, you know, reminds me that, um, you know, um, that I have to make sure that, um, you know, I'm not going to do more harm, that, um, you know, making a financial amends um, is it going to impact my family? Is going to my employer and telling my employer, and, um, you know, this was in my past. Um, I had stolen money from an employer I worked for for 25 years. I was a single mom with three kids. And uh, making it, you know, coming forward and making a financial amends would have um, probably cost me my job, the livelihood um, for my three children, who I was the sole support for. And what my um, sponsor and I came up with was, instead of coming forward to my employer, it was something I had done 20 plus years ago, was to pick a charity that my employer supports and make monthly contributions until I paid, you know, that off. And that's actually what I did. And I'm actually still doing because it was quite a a big sum of of money. Um, But it's funny because when when I started doing that, I felt like I could look my employer in the eye in a different way. I felt honest. I felt like I was trying to make it right. And, you know, that's what we get when we make these amends is, you know, I get to look in the mirror and be okay with the person looking back at me because I'm clearing that, you know, that channel between me and my God who's giving me the power to, you know, stay abstinent today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Stephanie L., Who'd like to comment on what was read this morning? John K. 
I heard John Kay. Was there, there somebody you. else? Melissa C. Lindy. Was that um was that Michelle and Len P, I heard. Did you catch Melissa C? Yep, okay. You got John okay, K, Len T, Melissa C. Oh, Len, Len P. Carrie S. Uh, Carrie S, okay. One more? Kathy J. P. Oh, Kathy Joe, there you are. Thank you so much. Okay. So um, I have John K, and I'm not sure if it's uh, Len T or Glenn T, but uh, you, you'll be after John K. Then I have Melissa C, Carrie S, and Kathy Jopi. Please go ahead, John. Good morning. Uh, this is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Over Eater in Southern California, not far from Len P. Uh, <laughs> good morning, Len. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, no problem. Um, yeah, I'm so sorry. I, I dialed in just as you were asking for something, and I couldn't figure out what it was. Um, uh, uh, when it comes to this reading, you know, uh, I can tell you, uh, I'll just jump over for a second. As an AA sponsor, you know, I've had sponsees who've led, uh, you know, a much rougher life than I had. I, I hadn't gotten into drugs much, but nowadays, you know, uh, addiction in that program often involves more than one substance. And, some of these guys were like drug dealers, you know, they'd stolen from their bosses now. All their lives are, uh, have been straightened out since then. They have many families in, in cases like that. You know, not only would going and trying to make an amends to the kind of person who was uh, in charge of drug dealers put his life in danger, could have put his family's life in danger. And, you know, I remember advising one gentleman to not make that kind of amends because, you know, it talks about our lives must be, you know, divorce from self-pity, so dishonest or self-seeking motives, well, to leave our guilt on the backs of others is wrong. You know, that's why I believe working this step closely with a sponsor is absolutely crucial. I, I always say the two places I needed the most help, help from another person in recovery, was A, developing a food plan <laughs> and developing an amends plan. You know, the eight step, if you think about it, like an amends plan. Uh, the reason is, you know, I'm a human being and I have subjective uh, views and motivations and fears involved in these events. And I will go back and forth between, uh, you know, wanting to go make the most idiotically small amends to somebody in the, that I said something bad to in the first grade to wanting to use that wonderful except when to do so would injure them or others a loophole to get myself out of something serious I really should be making an amends for. And that's why it, I just genuinely believe it's just so important that that I sit down with somebody who knows, you know, about this kind of thing and talk it out and say, is this something I should do? Is it not? Or like the wonderful example Stephanie just gave of finding an alternative that makes, you know, maybe it doesn't do the exact amends, but it, it gets it gets it across. And I always love to tell the story, and then I'm going to shut up. There's a lady up here in L.A. who's still in program has over 50 years. She came in a year after Roseanne started the program. And she, um, my most wonderful, uh, you know, talking about willing to go to any lengths, she, she, she left the note on her kitchen table for her husband uh, saying, if you're reading this, I'm in jail. I'm going to make amends because she, in addition to being a compulsive eater, she was a shoplifter and went to the store 
and was ready to be taken to jail. And, of course, she goes to the store, and the people are, don't know what to do because, you know, I remember the manager said, well, geez, you've had this kind of thing before, but somebody just writes a letter or something like that. We've never actually had somebody show up. But I just love it. It's, to me, the wonderful example of am I willing to do this? Am I entirely ready to be rid, rid of all of this stuff? And if you are, you've got to be willing to do something like that. But, again, you've got to have the common sense uh, wrap up to do it with a sponsor. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. Len P., you're up next. Followed by Melissa C. This is Len P. from sunny California. And um, I love this reading. I love this part. You know, it, it really speaks to Dr. Bob's, you know, six-word distillation of the entire program. And it's in six words, the entire program is, find God, clean house, and help others. And so cleaning house is what we're doing here and, and making amends. And, you know, it, it what it does is it gives me a clean slate. You know, I take a look at, you know, all the harms I've done others, and it gives me an opportunity to right the wrongs and not, you know, weigh on me, not weigh and, you know, be that agitation in the back of my mind that, that can lead me back to the food, back to the addiction. So by simply facing up to what I have done and cleaning up my side of the street, what I'm doing really is I'm freeing myself of that angst, that irritation, that underlying feeling of uneasiness by cleaning house, by doing this work. And when I do it, it is so liberating. It, 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 and, you know, then I live in 10, 11, and 12, uh, making sure that I, you know, if I do step on people's feet, you know, I immediately make amends. I immediately uh, do what I need to do: pray, meditate, and help others. And, and when I when I do the house cleaning, and I can live in 10, 11, and 12, then I could truly say that I'm a recovered compulsive eater. And I, I'm entirely grateful for this meeting. I believe this is the renaissance of OA. I think it's going to really supercharge people's programs, and uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Len. Melissa C., you're up, followed by Carrie S. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Am I able to be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, great. Hi, it's Melissa C., recovered, compulsive overeater in New York, and I don't have my timer, so please let me know when I'm when I'm done. Um, you know, um, I, I love how... Um, you know, the promises are going to come soon after because um, when we're halfway through, you know, our amends, we're going to start um, experiencing the promises. And, and that's what happened for me. And so when I was going about and making my amends, um, fear of people, you know, um, began to dissipate. And I realized, you know, I had this one amends in particular um, that with, with my sponsor's direction um, and, and a lot of prayers, I thought that it was going to be okay the way that I was going to go about it. You know, I, I was a Girl Scout leader for my daughter's troop, and part of what we did was we collected candy, um, people's leftover candy after Halloween with the um, intention of delivering it to troops overseas. And... Um, and the candy that was in my car, um, you know, you can finish the story. It never made it where it was supposed to go. Um, and 
Um, and that was something, you know, that was an amends I needed to make. And so initially, um, I knew who in particular who had given me that candy. You know, it was a coworker. And I figured, well, um, I don't need to really tell her because she was giving it away anyway. And I didn't want to, I thought, um, get in the way of maybe um, dirtying the name of the Girl Scouts. Like, we were doing a lot of good work. And so I thought, all right, if I, if I claim exactly what I did to her, then I'll be damaging maybe my troops' ability to, to do charitable work. And so I, my, it was recommended to me to then make sure that the candy or monies or donations did get to the troops. And I did that. The problem was I saw this coworker and I was uncomfortable and it began to at me. And I realized I needed to be able to look her in the eye. And what was really keeping me from making the amends was not that I was fearful that I was dirtying the name of the Girl Scouts. It was my reputation because she is someone in my building who I work with who has a lot of friends. Um, she and her friends are part of the big gossip mill. And I was terrified that they were going to talk about me. Um, but that is not, you know, and so thank God for the promises. Because that began to leave me. And I realized I wanted to recover more than I wanted to protect this image that was not real, you know. Um, I did make the amends, and it was incredible. It was freeing. Um, it was difficult. That's time. But yeah, thank you. And I felt nearer to my creator then. Um, it was a spiritual experience. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Melissa C. Carrie S. Divided, uh, provi- uh, followed by Kathy JLP. Please go ahead, Carrie. Good morning, everyone. This is Carrie S., gratefully recovered in Golden, Colorado. And the reading speaks to me of um, what are my motives? You know, and the definition of motive is motive, a reason for doing something, especially one that is hidden or not obvious. And that the this idea of what is my motive? Because if I go in solely thinking of myself, this I do a disservice to the situation. So have I gone to God? Have I asked, you know, in that great pause, God, what would you have me be? And wait to hear what God would have me be because if I you know like I said it's just, I do a disservice in the situation if I'm thinking of only myself of only my interests and and I caught myself doing that I really wanted to, to be rid of this I knew I owed uh, $1,200 and I wanted so badly to just pay it off pay it off but I, I you know I took the bit in my mouth I asked myself, you know, um, what, what God would have me be. And it, it really was such a relief, um, to, to do this work. And I, you know, I, I made monthly payments. I even like right off the bat, I took 12 envelopes, you know, and I filled them all out. I put 12 stamps on them and I put the month on each envelope so that I would every month send a hundred dollars and, you know, and every month, you know, it, it wasn't always so comfortable, but I knew that I was doing the right thing. And if you turn to page 102, in, in terms of motives, it says, we be sure you're on solid spiritual ground before you start and that your motive in going is thoroughly good. 
you know, it talks about motives in a few different places in the book. And, and for me, my looking at my motives in any situation, are they good? Am I being a servant of God? Am I being God's agent? Even if I'm, I feel like I need, you know, that extra ounce of almonds or something, what's my motive? Is it self-seeking? You know, page 62, it tells us, you know, we're self-centered. We think that is the root of our trouble. And so in doing my amends and making that change, I, I have to ask myself, am I, am I doing this for God's good or am I being self-seeking? And um, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you very much, Carrie S. Kathy Jopi, you're up this, this is Kathy Jopi in Minnesota, and I'm sorry about not being able to punch in earlier. I was on my niece's phone, and I don't know how to operate iPhones to do the star one. I tried and tried and tried, but here I am now. Um, I want to say, first of all, that the reason that I'm doing this is so that I can be free and connected to God. It's not to get people to like me. It's not to um, get approval from people, but it's so that I can get my connection back to God. And what I'm doing here is clearing out the things that keep me from my relationship with my higher power so that I can have that power so that I won't be in the food. And it's very geeky. Again, yesterday I shared that um, I stole little small things. Today I'm going to say that I was a snoop. I went into people's emails and texts and snooped of my family members when there was conflict, trying to figure out what everybody else was saying. And it was hard to go back to most of my family and tell them that I had done that. And most of that doing was 15 years ago. Not recent, but I knew that I needed to clear that up. And with my mother-in-law, I kept it very simple and said, please do not give me your password because when you do that, they would give me their password and want me to help them with their computer. And I would say, when you're mad at me, I want to read your emails and see what you wrote about me. And it's not good for me to have that. And they handled that very graciously. Um, I do have another sister that I did not tell because she's someone that um, 86 is the family out when she's upset about something. And I left that one out. Um, here I read that if it's going to be damaging to the other person or to um even you, like I have a sponsee that needed to do financial amends and she's homeless right now. And we talked about other options that she had at least for now when she would go to a former employer. So it's, what's important also I want to say with the sticky ones is that we work this out with another person rather than ourselves. And sometimes we may even have to talk to more than one other person that has done this. And again, what we're doing here is trying to reopen our connection to God. We're not trying to get people to like us. I, and the reason I'm saying that is I so wanted my family to like me. And I was so afraid to do this because I thought that they would be upset with me. And my sister basically said, you don't do that anymore now, do you? And here I am today. I'm doing okay. and it's 
embarrassing to admit it to you all, but I want to be connected and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Kathy Joe P. Appreciate it. Glad you could share. Um, who else would like to comment on? Charles H. Oh, thank you. Let me just share what we're reading, um, Charles, before you share and we take a few more names. We're on page 79 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're reading the second and third paragraph, beginning with usually however and ending with the bottom of the page, since then adjusted. Who else would like to comment on those two paragraphs today? Eric A. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Eric K. Okay. Anybody else? Annie R. Sherry KB. And who was R? Was it Mary R? Annie R. Annie, Annie R. Okay. I have time for two more, I think. Sherry KB. I got Sherry KB. Thank you. And then two more. Anybody else? Well, we can double back in a few minutes. Why don't we start out with you, Charles? Please go ahead. You'll be followed by... Thank you very much for your service, Charles. There's a Republican over here. Thank you know, usually, usually my men, um, usually I hurt other people, so that's what the text says to me. You know, you know next week probably I'm going to hurt some people. You know, ne- next week my house is going to get dirty. It's probably dirty right now. I'm not home. The point I'm making is every single day <laughs> I need to... Um, make amends, but I need to pass it by somebody that had trailed this blade, blade this trail before me. You know, um, I've heard people on the line. I've heard meetings. I've heard all types of stuff. But when I take, I, so I have to, I have to detach and reconnect and then take a certain attitude, like page 50 says, and we agnostic, a certain attitude to that power. And then I was liberated from everything around me because I don't care what else is going on. My question I had on the 8 a.m. meeting, I'm going to ask now. We are family. Why are we not registered? This is my promo. This is my time to talk. Why are we not registered to me? I know it's money. I know it's this. I know it's that. But we want to recover, recover, recover. And we have an opportunity to hear this life-saving message. And I'm going to use the rest of my three minutes to make a pitch. If you know somebody over the anonymous that's struggling, to get a spiritual awakening, you've got to let them know about this world-saving convention. Because it's not about no joke. If this is a, I've talked to some people that went to Virginia Beach, and they're like, I put on 150 pounds, and I'm dying, and this ain't no joke. And I said, just come back. Just come on to um, Newark, New Jersey. It's only $160 registration. You, if you've got to stay in a lobby, somebody will put you up. We need you there. It ain't going to be complete without you. And without, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles at H. I applaud your appeal. <laughs> um, Derek Kay, you're up next, followed by Annie R. Derek Kay? Yeah. Um, I don't think I really want to share now. Thank you. I don't feel quite safe here. Thanks very much. Bye. Okay, Derek. So sorry about that. Annie R., um, you're up next, followed by Sherry KB. 
Annie R. Oh, hi. Um, I'm sorry. I'm at work, so it's a little bit hard to get organized here. Um, thank you, everybody, for your service. Uh, these meetings in the past week or so that um, we've been going over this area in the big book, um, I have no words to describe the power in in them. It's, um, it's amazing. Um, it's just amazing, you know, and it just reminds me of, you know, what the big book tells us, more will be revealed. And it's so true. But I just wanted to um, stress again. Oh, I'm sorry, Annie R. from PA. But I just wanted to stress again the importance of discussing um, a possible amends before I do it. Um, More than one time, more than one person, uh, you know, and really just taking that great pause because it's so important I have an experience in my life that um, it's pretty, it's pretty deep, and I have to know the difference between an amends and boundaries. So I need to understand the necessity before I do anything, before I take any action, if an amends is necessary, or if I need to create boundaries. Um, and you know, the big book tells me that. I am God's people, and I don't crawl before anyone. I'm not servile, and I'm not scraping. But I still have to be thorough, and I still have to be honest. And I can be honest with myself, and I can also, by discussing it with someone else, uh, be honest with them as well and get another viewpoint. So with someone someone who's a bully or looking for a punching bag or lugging around a bag of rocks, and uh, looking for someone to, somewhere to dump them off. You know, I have to be careful. I have to be really connected to my true heart, which is where all of my actions and my motives come from. But I really have to be connected to that so that I know um, if they're just looking for someone, their bag of rocks that they've been lugging around, or if it's really an amends that's necessary. And um, this helps me so that I can really be clear to know when to say when. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Annie R. Sherry KB, you're up next. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you for your service. And uh, here we are at step nine. And uh, we're talking about, you know, thinking of somebody else besides ourselves. And that's what comes to mind to me is that, not to unburden myself at someone else's expense. Um, that's a really important thing um, because it is this step is about forgiveness and it's helping me to forgive myself and hopefully other people will forgive me for when I make an amends. And I just want to say that it's so important not to go and do this alone. Um, my experience has been is that it's a bit really important to talk to other people who are recovered, uh, recovered people who've been through this book who have gone through this book, um, who understand. I've had different experiences with different sponsors, but when I've gone through this book, I've had more courage to do things than I've ever had before because of being prepared all the way through here. And um, and also, there's a on page 124, it talks about how, you know, our past mistakes can so help other people. Um, you know, our willingness to share what we've done, what we've gone through, the errors that we've done, 
they, they are converted into assets because the experience that we've all been through doing step nine, we can help the other people coming in. And that's, to me, the most important thing about this is, you know, God is helping me to be useful. I'm getting free of my burden of what I've done and helping somebody else at the same time because that's the whole point of this book is about being useful um, to me. And um, I have a, just a little ditty here that says, don't puff up, don't shrink down and stand on your sacred ground. Um and that's what I think about because I know that um, I don't want to go in with my head full of stuff and I don't want to shrink down to anybody and I just want to stand with my higher power because I know my higher power is going with me, whatever I do. And um, another quick thing is in the family business I've been in, we had someone who was in the entertainment business and could really have gotten into a lot of um, a lot of um, bad things going on for him if this thing he did would get out and so what this man ended up doing is we 12-stepped him and he got into doing some charity work and he ended up doing an amazing charity thing to make up for his step nine and uh, there's so many ways that we can do this Um, there's so many ways and to not be afraid and to just please talk to other people Um, it helped me so much to talk to other people and to not do this alone and um the last thing is always to bring it to your quiet time. Um, that's the bottom line. People can tell you their experience, strength, and hope, but the bottom line for me is I had to take it to my higher power, and let my higher power guide me in this. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sherry KB. We have time for two or three more shares. Would anybody Hi, like to comment? Hi, Julie R. Julie R. Alan D. Was it Alla? Helen, with a T. Oh, Helen. Oh, thank you. Anybody else? I may jump in there then. Unless somebody else would like to. Dion R. Yes, hi, Dion R. Thank you. Okay, so we've got Mm -hmm. Julie R., Helen D., and Dion R. Thank you so much, Julie. Please go ahead. Hi, Julie R., recovered in California. And, you know, this is such a huge, important step. I mean, they all are. But, you know, um, it says, you know, we're going to be amazed before we're halfway through and the promises happen. You know, when you're doing amends is um, very, um, you know, you can't do it alone. Uh, I got to go to God. But my sponsor, you know, the guide will help me so that I don't say the wrong thing. So I'm I'm not going to hurt the other person. And, you know, when I did mine, I had these three-by-five cards so that I could stay on point. So I didn't, re, you know, regress and, and use the word sorry. You know, I, I was told that from a lot of AA old-timers. You know, people heard me say I'm sorry so many times, so it meant nothing. So, it, it, you know, one, it's like, you know, I have to go and ask permission. I, I need to make an amends to you. Um, when can I make an appointment? To be very clear. And then, two, when I get there to be prepared and just look at my part, um, what did I do, my harms? It doesn't matter what the other person did. And, you know, I, it doesn't matter what they're, how they're going to react. I've had, I've had it where I've been ripped apart verbally and to a point, to another one where somebody laughed and said, oh, my God, no big deal. You didn't do anything. But, again, their reaction is not, not what this is about. It's about me going with an open heart and saying, I regret my actions, and is there anything that I can do 
to make it right. And it says that in the big book to use that terminology. And, you know, there, we don't know what our amends is going to do for someone. There's a recovered um, person I listened to, and he was talking about that he had stolen paintings. And, you know, he could go to jail for these things. And so he had, like, one left, and he finally found the people. He knocked on the door, and he introduced himself, and he said, did you live here in 19-whatever? Um, and they said, yes. And it's like, well, I robbed you of these, you know, really expensive paintings. And they started to cry because all of these years they thought their son had done it. And what a relief that got them to know that it wasn't their son. So we don't know what our amends is going to do to someone. It it could free them up of something that they're hurting. But it's like if I go with, with my God and not with arrogance and not with, you know, what's in it for me, and be prepared because it, it might not turn out the way you think it's going to turn out. And I bookend mine because some of them were pretty scary. And I was able to do it with tact and with humility. And, um, you know, some I walked away with still, you know, feeling um, how much pain I had caused that person. But, you know, what can I do in the future? You know, not repeat those acts by staying close to God. So this is a step. It, it says, you know, we, we can't skip over this or we surely will drink again and with that I'll pass thank you thank you very much Julie R Talon D you're up next followed by Dion R hey this is Talon D um, from outside Philly and I wasn't going to share I'm in relapse right now and I would never normally share I don't even like calling people when I'm in relapse but I was just out walking and Um, I felt led to share on this. Um, And I just, I'm thinking back to when I was at step nine before I relapsed. I've I've been at step nine multiple times. And each time um, I kind of, I wasn't willing to go to any lengths. I had a lot, I have a lot of financial amends to make and um, an amends to my mom that I'm just terrified to make. And each time I get to step nine, my sponsor reminds me, remember, you must be willing to go to any length. And each time I, I hesitate and I, I shrink back in fear and I relapse each time because I'm not willing to make these amends that I need to make. And I'm just realizing how dangerous it is because each time I relapse, like I've been able to get back on track, but this time, I haven't been. I've been in relapse for about a month now, and it's it's scary. And um, I just I wanted to share like how important it is. I'm realizing now how important it is to be willing to go to any lengths to be free from this disease because this disease sucks. I hate it. And um, if I could get back to step nine, I would love to. I would be willing, but I'm just I'm struggling right now. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to share that and just how important it it really is and it's worth it. It's it's um it's worth it to ruin your reputation a little bit, um, to have freedom. So yeah, with that I'll pass. Thank you very much, Talon D. Dion R, you're up next. Hello. Hi, I'm Dion R, recovered compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? Yes, Dion, thank you. Okay, thank you. Hi. Um, uh, this uh, step reminds me, and just thank you guys, everybody that shared 
just reminded me of uh, um, the freedom, uh, like Charles uh, just shared about the freedom of, that I get uh, every time I make amends. I thought when I uh, made my first uh, step nine amends in another 12-step program, I liked freedom. I felt good and better, <laughs> but I thought that was the end. It was like, oh, I just want this good feeling. And some of the amends I jumped the gun on. I did. I, w- I went in spite of my uh, run in by my sponsor. I felt like she would tell me no if I didn't run it by her. And I just wanted to clear my just keep feeling good. I didn't really care what the other people felt. I really didn't. I just wanted to clear my slate. And it backfired, of course, on me. And so works in this program the the way the big group prescribed just as it has been the last five years for me is just like it's amazing because no matter what a man I make, I know my higher power is with me. And, and it turns out okay. You know, I trust him fully. I heard someone say a lot, you know, and it's, I've been saying it a lot, but I heard someone say on this line, God, I am yours, and I trust you. So every time I get to do anything that's fearful, whether it's starting a new job, a new employment, relationship, friendships, whatever, God, I am yours, and I trust you because I, I do trust him today, and I didn't before. Fully, I felt like, well, I'm, I'm an exception to his uh, care, quote, unquote. But anyway, just to know that I will. Today, I can't say I will go to any length it's because the disease took me down so far and quote-unquote recovery from other programs, I'm thinking, that I was willing to do anything. I was still, it stuck in my mind. It was like, what if they ask you to take a toothbrush and scrub it across the floor? Would you do Yes, gladly, whatever. And I was the type of person before, just to hear the name of OA or overeager was offensive to me, you know, 20-something years ago. So just today, I don't care. I let everyone know. If they ask, or if I feel like it can help them. But, yes, today I trust my higher power to make amends when I need it. The last amend, I just, if some of them I found, I thought all of them would be done and step nice for me. I thought, okay, everybody on my list. There's some people that I didn't have on my list that I forgot about. I actually forgot about, but they'll pop up in my life and my higher power will remind me. Two things. One was before my, uh, with my ex-husband before he died in December. It came, it came like in November. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm talking about him. What did I do? to make that amend six weeks before he passed and didn't know he was going to pass. And, you know, that was the greatest gift. So sometimes my higher power does bring them up without me even realizing. And when my sister last two weeks ago, I'm telling her, she didn't make the right amend. I was able to make amends with her freely and just to feel that joy and love with my blood again. It's it's awesome. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you guys for uh, allowing me to share. Uh, Hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, Dionar. We do have time for one more share. Would someone like to take it? Star one to unmute. Okay. Well, I will gladly take it because um, my first time... Oh, did someone want to share? thought I heard somebody pop in. Um, my first time through well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Please go ahead. Who is this? Oh, this is Shannon. I'm um is it okay if I share? Yes, please go ahead, Shannon. Oh I'm the first I'm trying to unmute my phone. <laughs> That's go the ahead, first please. laugh I've had all day. Anyway. Okay. Um my name is Shannon, I'm a compulsive overeater. 
And um, I'm not really sure what the topic is today, but I can tell you where I am. Um, I'm um, I'm pretty low. Um, um, you know, being a mom isn't all what it's cracked up to be, and um, being in this program doesn't make. I mean, not being in this program, being a compulsive overeater, and being a addict is not um, doesn't help much. Um, and um, um, you know, they say, um, you know, I, I was sitting here listening to the um, to the meeting and um, thinking about my daughter, and um, we just we just clash like oil and water. We just always have, probably always will. And um, no matter how much I try, it just seems like there's just that friction there. And, um, you know, she didn't come home last night. And, um, you know, I've been worried sick, um, which is not uncommon for her. Um, But it just, I I don't know, maybe it's because I'm, I'm not into the food, so I feel it more. And I'm just scared to death. Um, and then this little voice inside of me said, "You gotta let her go. You gotta. She's 21. You gotta let her go." And um, I and I, you know I know that's God's voice. Um, you know I have to trust her, even though she shows me many times that I she can't be trusted, especially when she likes to dip her little hand into my purse. Um, but um, yes, we're focusing on step nine, making amends. Okay, well, okay. I'm sorry. Um, so <laughs> that's funny. Um, so um, okay, so step nine. So um, to focus on step nine, I know that I need to make amends to her, and um, I need to make amends to myself too, um, so that um, so that we can we can move on. Both of us need to move on. So um, with that, I'll just close. Thank you. Okay, Shannon, thank you so much for, I'm glad you're able to unmute to share. Thank you. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for sharing. And um, we'll now end the sharing with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Sherry KB please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.